Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchables.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 16th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. I love the feedback you guys gave me for the new list format and the streaming uh, ranking format. I'm excited about it. I think it's a lot better for everybody. Thank you. You guys are the best. All right. It's going to be like that every day, every single day and the list. I'm going to be talking about every single guy I rank. It's a cool thing. But what isn't cool is Hunter Green. Four innings, six earned runs, nine hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. It was coarse. I understand that. But I did want to lead with him just to focus on the fact that his slider is not getting the same number of strikes that it used to get. And that makes his four-seamer worse. And that's really what's going on where you see that 150-plus whip that he has this season. I think the bat is going to be a little bit better on that four-seamer. But still, it's just all about that slider being a more consistent pitch. And you guys know the Wasker Noah rule. If you are a two-pitch pitcher, both pitches need to be elite. The four-seamer, I think, is actually still elite. It's just about that slider being that 63 to 65% strike rate pitch. And as long as that happens, he will lock in at some point. I think you have to hold on to the green just because you're going to get the strikeouts regardless. And then the ratios will correct itself as he will have a remarkable streak moving forward. It might actually be a really good buy low situation just because you, if you haven't experienced all those bad ratios, then you might get the good stuff moving forward. Michael Waka was our streaming pick of the day. He got the gold star as the most surprising start from someone we didn't really expect a whole lot from, but he got the win against the Royals. Seven innings, zero in runs, one hit, one walk, 11 strikeouts. Oh boy, he had 10 over 37 whiffs on the changeup. His command was amazing. I mean, this is this is the best version of Michael Waka. He destroyed the Royals. And now he gets the Red Sox. And I feel like after a start like this, you just got to hope that the command sticks for at least one more start. Speaking of good command, Jack Flaherty had that against the Brewers. I did my uh, daily YouTube video watching Jack Flaherty start. Seven innings, zero and runs, three hits, two walks, and 10 strikeouts. Yeah, 93-94 on the velocity. He got 10 whiffs plus, actually 11 on the curveball and slider. The command was great. Uh, Jack Flaherty is a guy who goes up and in and down away with his four-seamer. And then wants to get his curveball and his slider out of the zone. That that's really it. Sometimes they throw curveballs for strikes as well. Changeup isn't very good. The problem is that the four seamer isn't this overwhelming swinging strike pitch because it does have a little bit of dip to it. It doesn't have the the most rise ever, which means he's using it more as a strike earner than he is a put away offering. And that to me uh, tells you why the velocity needs to be not ninety two. I don't know if that's going to stick around for Flaherty, not not just the velocity, because it has undulated between multiple starts here. He's gone up and down with that. But also the command of the secondaries, of those really the breakers, change is bad. I don't know if that's going to stick around for Jack Flaherty. I hope so. I really do. But it's, I mean, he deserved the success yesterday. I mean, the Brewers aren't very good. He didn't, they didn't take advantage of the mistakes that Flaherty had. But still, uh, Jack Flaherty's exciting. I just hope that he gets into that groove and can stay in it. And hey, maybe the whole Cardinal situation with Contreras behind the dish and all that stuff is resolved now. 
there was, it's kind of funny saying, oh yeah, you know, that's really what happened. They got into a great group. I'm like, no, nah, I mean, maybe it was, maybe it helped his confidence and stuff, but I'm glad it's sorted out. Uh, Charlie Morton, my, my Lorsch. Yes. That's a word I use on these podcasts against the Rangers. I had a little bit of fear. I was, mm, is this going to work? I was like, you got to just still do it. I'm glad you did. You got the win. 6.2 innings, zero in runs. Wonderful. Seven hits in one walk. Not the greatest whip, but still fine. 10 strikeouts. Golden goal with 23 whiffs, 39% CSW, as he had 20 whiffs alone on his curveball. What? Grant Brisby, one of my favorite writers, by the way, I was honored with a a reply to my tweet about 20 whiffs on one pitch. He said, on one pitch, and it was Bugs Bunny uh, throwing one fastball and striking out the side and three swings and misses each. It was pretty fun. Uh, He's so wonderful. Anyway, I can't believe it. That's insane. And then he had 11 called strikes in the force, which does set up those whiffs on the curveball, but he's also a two-pitch pitcher. I mean, there really isn't anything else. The cutter sometimes shows up, or maybe that change up, but not really. The curveball is just so dang good, and as long as the force is getting called strikes, then everything's fine. Think of, like, the best version of Brady Singer, right? This is the whole thing I talk about. Fastball to get called strikes, uh, your best breaking pitch to get a ton of whiffs. If both of those are doing their part, then everything is great, like Starship Troopers. Okay, Jimmy Cordero opened for Johnny Brito, and kind of wild here. This was against the Jays, and Johnny Brito, 5.1 innings, one earned run. There were three unearned, six hits, zero walks, and two strikeouts for the win. This is everything you dreamed of uh, for Johnny Brito. This is like the ceiling against the Jays. Wow, not going to happen again. (laughs) I mean, that's such a low ceiling. And it's still a bad, I mean, not bad whip, but like, it's not the best whip. Two strikeouts, but you got the win and one earned run. Oh, man. Connor Brogdon opened for Bailey Falter, who allowed six unearned runs, zero earned in 4.1 innings. I mean, don't go after Bailey Falter. Merrill Kelly against the Oakland Athletics did everything he was supposed to do. Nine strikeouts, one earned run, seven innings, five base runners, 17 whiffs, 36% CSW. This is like the best version of him. 42% CSW on the changeup. 8 for 24 whiffs is insane. That's a 33% uh, swing strike right now. Now he gets the Pirates. Man, Merrill Kelly is like, is he actually a Holly? Is it really more than a Toby? I can feel him. That's his uh, autobiography. More than a Toby by Merrill Kelly. Life as a major leaguer. I mean, I, I hope so. But I mean, this is Oakland. He gets the Pirates. Good matchups. Good stuff. George Kirby against the Red Sox, 6.2 innings, one to run, eight hits. Got a bit singled out here, one walk, six Ks. Cool. I put him in the third tier. Uh, obviously, the whip hurts, but, you know, he's only getting eight whiffs, and it's just, this is kind of the life of George Kirby. Don't expect him to be a 27% strikeout rate or anything like that. If you get 24%, you should be really happy. You should be thrilled with that. Strikeout ending, that'd be great from George Kirby, because that could be like 180 strikeouts as he gets a ton of innings. So, cool. We're fine with this, George Kirby. Uh, Patrick Corbin, <laughs> okay. Uh, one strikeout and nine base runners in six innings with two and runs. I mean, all right. The Mets are just the Metsing. They're Metsing right now. Um, Alex Wood, 4.2 innings, two and runs, four hits, one walk, four Ks. I, I didn't have him on the list. I thought about it, but I just kind of wanted to wait uh, for him to get this start and see where we're at. And it was a still ill situation, but he had a 54% CSW on his slider. What? Now he gets Miami and then Milwaukee and then Pittsburgh? Yeah, okay, I'm in. You should probably pick up Alex Wood if you have an open spot on your team. 
Noba Syndergaard against the Twins, four innings, two earned runs, four hits, zero walks in five Ks. We're going to talk about him, uh, some Jameson Tyone, Framber Valdez, Otani, Pablo Lopez, so many guys after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Dave Roberts had an interesting quote about Noah Syndergaard here as he was pulled after four innings saying that they wanted to bank on health. And that essentially is saying like, we didn't want to push it so that the health got worse, but they're not out of the woods yet, apparently on the finger and they're going to be investigating it. I mean, what is going on? Just don't have them. Just, just don't, just don't have them in the rotation and have Bobby Miller there instead. But Bobby Miller has been bad in AAA. Fine. I, I think he started yesterday or tomorrow. I don't know. It, 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 he's going to be better. Bobby Miller He's essentially going through spring training right now. We're going to, I think, see him by June 1st. And I'm very excited by that. He throws 100. And it's a really good four-seamer. Brad Keller. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> eight walks. Eight walks. The team allowed a pitcher to throw eight walks. And it's not a no-hitter. Edwin Jackson. Tanner Houck against the Mariners. Five innings, four and runs, five hits, one walk, five Ks. I, uh, that that's, that's my reaction to Tanner Houck. He doesn't have anything outside of the slider. And the slider is good. It's not actually like the greatest pitch ever. I don't know if I trust the sinker enough. The cutter isn't doing enough. It's just, yeah. Jameson Tyne against the Astros. It was against the Astros, so you didn't want to do this. Uh, I'm a little annoyed that he only went 68 pitches, really, because that means we don't know how he's gonna, how long he's gonna go next time. It's the Phils, so you can probably sit down on that one and we'll wait after that. Maybe he gets the Reds uh, as he hosts them in Wrigley, and that would be hopefully good at like 85 to 90 pitches. Connor Siebold hosting the Reds and Coors, absolutely not. Framber Valdez against the Cubs. Four innings, four and runs, seven hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts. So, not great, but he had eight Ks, and the cutter is at 26% usage. So, I, I feel like it didn't go his way. Okay, he gets the athletics next I, I for two starts. I think with the cutter being utilized this much, I mean, yeah, the curveball was bad, by the way. This is why he allowed seven hits and four and runs. I... But I feel like there's still a lot of promise here. Shoei Otani against the Orioles, seven innings, five run runs. What? Come on. That's four straight starts for Otani to not have a good ERA. What's happening right now, he... Um, look, he should just be throwing more sweepers. Only 27% sweepers in this one. He went course, cutter and four-seamer, and they weren't that good. The cutter was a 22% C-step, and he threw more than the sweeper. I don't understand it. Um, but thing is, you still got to win. You still got a wonderful whip. Six base runners in seven innings. And you got five strikeouts, which isn't amazing, but you got something. So it's a dusty donut, really. Obviously, you just keep going, Otani, and don't think anything about it. Pablo Lopez against the Dodgers ran into some trouble in the first inning. Two home runs uh, for th- uh, for three earned. 
in the first, and they settled down a bit. Um, you still had 94-95. Changeup was not as good uh, as we wanted it to be. Same with the sweeper. They were fine, but they weren't elite. And you just keep going on. Um, <laughs> Alec Manoa, four innings, five and runs, six hits, seven walks, three Ks. Yeah, okay. Don't, just don't roster Alec Manoa, guys. Everything is worse. Everything is worse. Drew Wisinski against the Diamondbacks, zero strikeouts, five walks. Okay. Freddie Peralta against the Cardinals, six earned runs, 5.1 innings, six hits, five walks, four Ks. What is going on? Freddie Peralta, oh, you don't throw strikes with your breaking balls. You literally had a 44% strike rate for each the slider and curveball across a total of 32 thrown. Yeah, that's a problem. So don't do that. Cool, thanks. I mean, traditionally, he's throwing like 60% strikes without that. So that'll be fine. Uh, Cody Bradford made his debut uh, for Texas against Atlanta. Five innings, six runs, seven hits, two walks, three Ks. He sits 89 on his heater and returned four over 39 CSW with everything else. So, yeah. Cole Raggins showed up after. I was like, oh, man, he's only 96-97. He threw 65 pitches. What was the line? Oh, three three innings and four and runs. Fine. Whatever. David Peterson, just don't do the six and runs, 11 base runners and five innings. You got outdueled by Corbin. How's it feel? Grayson Rodriguez, she should be demoted to AAA. Uh, 3.1 innings, eight and runs, nine hits, three walks, three Ks. He just doesn't have the changeup and slider, guys. It's just not what it needs to be. He's throwing hard, but if he doesn't have those pitches down, I mean, he's struggling so much to get those pitches low. He just can't do it. And he needs an environment where he just gets it back and then you call him back up. But yeah, it's not it's not here right now. I hope I like July 1st. Grayson Rodriguez is fantastic. He's actually really interesting by low for like in like June, you know. Think of it like that. Think of it like a prospect promotion for July 1st. That's what Grayson Rodriguez is right now. All right, looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We've got Gosman, Wheeler, Kershaw, Castillo, Bieber, Javier, Verlander, Montgomery, and Luzardo. Are the auto starts today, right? Today, I know Montgomery isn't like that amazing, but it's the Brewers. I feel like you just obviously got to do that. And Luzardo against the Nationals, yeah, we're going to do this. Probable start here. I have my my concerns about Josiah Gray long term. I feel like he's a sell high if anyone's buying, but it's against Miami, so we're going to do that. Seth Lugo's a Toby against the Royals. You're going to do that. Alex Cobb, same idea, but it's Phils, but he's a little bit better than Lugo. So whatever, but he's underneath him. Justin Steele, I feel like this is the regression coming. For Justin Steele. Justin Steele. I apologize for everyone on Twitch. I'll push the button later. Uh, It's against the Astros. And I feel like his slider hasn't done what it's supposed to do. He's not missing as many bats outside the zone. While the fastball wasn't supposed to be this insanely good pitch that it has been uh, so far. So I'm I'm a little skeptical here. Uh, Luis Ortiz is our stream pick of the day as he goes against the Tigers. And I think he has a good enough sinker and slider to make that work. And Lance Lynn. Yes, he's a probable start, guys. I, I've ranted enough about this. Definitely listen to OTCs. I really lean in on my thoughts on Lance Lynn. But forget everything you know about Lance Lynn in the past. Of Like all those ratios and stuff, whatever, who cares? He doesn't have them automatically tonight. And he still gets a ton of whiffs. He still has a good strikeout rate. He still is pretty good at limiting walks. Like it's all there. The fastball cutter is still really good. And the Guardians are not good. So I'm doing it. Questionable start tier, Bailey Ober gets the Dodgers. I want to do it, but the Dodgers are kind of scary, so it's questionable start. Domingo Herman. I actually did a lot of analysis on Domingo Herman this morning, and my real takeaway is, yeah, I just don't buy into the fastball and change up that much. 
And because of that, like the curveball is really good. That is, it is an exceptional CSW curveball. But I think the the fastball and changeup scare me too much. And that's why you have a high swing strike rate because he does lean on the curveball a lot. But I don't love it. And the Jays are a very tough offense. It, it, it sparked from someone on Reddit saying, hey, why do you have J.P. Sears higher than Herman if you're really in on the swing strike rate stuff? The reason for that is because Sears's fastball and slider are like ridiculously good PLV pitches. The quality percentage of them is 90th percentile for both the fastball and the slider. They're both doing good things, while Herman is more hyper-reliant on one pitch. And I generally like the the, the spread-out quality. Um, but it, it's interesting because you could say that Herman has a higher win percentage. So do what you want there. I mean, he's a questionable start against the Jays. If you were facing a much easier team, he'd be a probable start, right? Same would, would go with Sears, though. But yeah, you understand. Brady Singer is a cherry bomb. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. It's the Padres. It doesn't matter. It's the Padres. He's a cherry bomb. Uh, flip the coin if you want. Michael Lorenzen gets the Pirates. That could work, especially if you're chasing six innings. Michael Lorenzen could make that work. He doesn't have the same ceiling that Singer does. That's why he's below him. But if you want something a little safer, Michael Lorenzen is the way to go because it's the Pirates. Pirates are really bad right now. I mean, they're kind of what we expected them to be in the beginning of the year. Wade Miley against the Cardinals. I removed this from probable start into questionable start because I think I was underrating the Cardinals offense and I was overrating the ceiling of Wade Miley. So I like Lorenzen more. I think that's actually safer. Uh, you have Nick Pavetta against the Mariners. <laughs> Dane Dunning against Atlanta. He has a 16% strikeout rate. Not one of his pitches is over a 14% swing strike rate. I don't want to do this. Atlanta's really good. Dean Kramer did throw 96 last time, but the Angels are good. And I feel like even when he had that good velocity and was at his best, he had four strikeouts. And the last serve, Dean Kramer sure was zero runs, six base runners. But I don't I don't want to chase. I think the ceiling's too low and the floor is really, really low as well. And then do not start here. You could say Tommy Henry is actually an interesting one against athletics. Like Dean Kramer, it's not a good ceiling. And this has a lot of ways for it to go poorly. Chase Silseth is returning to the majors. He was not very interesting last year, but there's some extra hype and maybe there's some new stuff going on. I remember the the fastball was like mid-90s, mid to upper 90s, really more like 95. Um, Wasn't that impressive. The splitter could be really good at times, but really didn't become like a consistent, you know, Alex Cobb, Gosman splitter or something. And the slider sometimes was good. And maybe there's something new here. It's been a year. Development could have easily have happened. So I'm curious what we're going to get against the Orioles. But yeah, we're not going to start this. Jared Schuster's returning for Atlanta. And he goes against Texas. We're not doing that. Yanni Chirinos against the Mets. No, thank you. Come, Muller. Why? Chase Anderson versus Brandon Williamson inside of Coors. Absolutely not. Brandon Williamson's making his debut. And he's reduced his swing strike rates to under 10% in AAA. He used to be like a... 40% strikeout rate in single A back in like 2019 and whatnot. And over the years, he's just gotten worse and worse in the minors. I'm curious what we're going to see, but zero, zero faith here. All right, looking forward to tomorrow's games. Spencer Strider, Coles, Burns, Darvish, Eduardo Rodriguez, Sonny Gray, Chris Bassett, Nathan Evaldi, Dustin May. All these are really simple. I think I, I have Rodriguez high because it's the Pirates. Sonny Gray, I'm a little spooked by it, which is kind of weird. I have him at six because I feel like you just kind of have to. I don't want to sound too big brain or too like overthinking it, but he had this nine strikeout game last time without his good curveball. And I feel like, well, that's kind of weird. 
and it's the Dodgers. And I feel like this is a trap play and I'm falling into it, but I, I just can't deny it. And the other starts here, Chris Bassett against the Yankees. The Yankees are looking better now, but he's been on a good stretch. Nathan Volley speaking of a good stretch, but it's Atlanta and Dustin May against the Twins and he doesn't get strikeouts. So all three of those are like, you could say all this is probable, but no, you're going to start all of them. I'm just a little weirded out by Sonny Gray. So like for DFS purposes, if you play that, I would not go for Sonny Gray. Probable start tier, Mackenzie Gore and JP France. Gore gets the Marlins. I feel like Gore's command issues, whatever. It's the Marlins. Just throwing out fastballs in the zone. You should be fine. And JP France uh, against the Cubs. The Cubs are kind of scary a little bit. But JP France has been, hey, I have a good fastball and cutter that I command well. Also, these two good breaking balls. It's the Astros. I feel like it's a good situation. You're going to do it. Questionable start here. Edward Cabrera against the Nationals. Weather walk's going to be. I don't know. But the strikeouts are there. The ceiling is high. But... And the floor is a little bit elevated because it's the Nationals. How badly can they mess them up? Just don't walk everybody, please. Taiwan Walker is the stream pick of the day against the Giants. As, yeah, 40% plus splitters last two starts have worked for him, and the Giants aren't so scary, but I don't want to really trust a splitter guy, but we'll see. Rich Hill against the Tigers. Rich Hill does well against weak teams. We'll see. Ryan Nelson. Maybe you want this to be higher against the Athletics in Oco, but he doesn't have his breaking balls. And Ryan Nelson should be better than he has been, but he hasn't because he doesn't have his slider and curveball working. So don't don't just bank on this because it's the athletics. Like this could go poorly. Mike Clevenger is in a good situation against the Guardians. He has a really nice schedule moving forward. Maybe this works out here, but I just hate the fact that he doesn't have an elite pitch. It's a four-seamer slider, two-pitch mix that neither of them are exceptional in my view. Brian Bayo against the the Mariners. Maybe he does take a step forward with that slider. I don't really love the sinker as much. The changeup's good, but I don't. I don't know if this is the start where he really takes that step forward. Drew Smiley, he's looking actually good. He, he came back from a, a stumble and got the Blake's blueprint back with his fastball and curveball, but it's the Astros. So what do you want to do? I don't know. Marco Gonzalez against the Red Sox. His command's better, but like it's the Red Sox. I don't know if I want to chase that. Payne Banfield is not as good as you think after two good starts. He hasn't really done it since. I mean, he did well against the Twins, but the cutter wasn't there. It was kind of weird. I don't want to trust it, even though it's the, the White Sox. Kyle Brash is an absolute cherry bomb, and it's the Angels, and it's just far too risky for me. And Kyle, Griffin Canning's on the other side of that. If he throws 25% fastballs, it means that his secondary stuff is working, which means that this could work against the Orioles, but I don't know if that's going to happen. And then Junot starts here. It looks good on paper. Adam Wainwright against the Brewers, but Wainwright's not good, and I, I just don't want to chase it. I mean, if you're going after a quality start, put him into the quality in the, the questionable start tier. But yeah, um, Luis Medina could also be a quality start guy. Yeah, got a poor quality start last time out. But I just don't think his stuff is that great as he goes against the Diamondbacks. And the others are pretty easy here. If Ashcraft and Core is no way. Senga against the, the Rays. He's so volatile as the Rays. Sean Manaya <laughs> against the Phils. No. Taj Bradley could be getting the call for the Rays. We don't have a confirmation on that, but there's an opening tomorrow and it makes sense. But he's been really bad in the minors. And. I don't want to chase that. I mean, the Mets are metting, so maybe that would work, but I don't want to do it. And Austin Gomber is in cores, no way, uh, against the Reds. And Jonathan Heasley is getting an opener against the Padres because they're waiting for another start for Dana Lynch. Whatever. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for the support. Remember, the best way to support what we do here, from all of our podcasts to to the articles on the site and everything we provide for you is to go get PL plus is the number one way to support us. You get to hang out on our discord. You get live chats every day from our staff to help you out. You get an free version of the site 
And if you want to go the extra mile, there's PL Pro that gives you daily projections with PLBot. PLBot's doing well. PLBot is, is, is picking up streams that I have not done whatsoever. Uh, it's even at 22 and 22, I'm slightly beating it. But in this world of all these blowups and chaos, the fact that PLBot, our projection system, is actually keeping its head above water is pretty dang impressive. To get that, you got to sign up for PL Pro through the entire season. We also have a uh, a tool set coming out on the site later on this year for those picks for DFS and for Fantasy Weekly projections as well. So be on the lookout for that. It's the best way to support us. But that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits below and your strikeouts high.